way my voice is, that I might just have to pass him my notes and have him teach today. He didn't seem real excited about that. Um, seemed a bit relieved when I told him this morning that I was going to go ahead and try. So what I didn't tell him was that if my voice plays out, I'm still just going to hand him my notes. Hallelujah. I, I, uh, I had that happen to me one time many years ago. I was probably just about his age. And uh, the church I was working in at the time, the pastor got an emergency phone call right in the middle of his Sunday morning lesson. And uh, so he looked around the congregation, saw me sitting there and said, come finish this lesson. So what do you do? You go and finish the lesson, right? And I probably pretty well finished it too. It probably was, uh, it was probably pretty well dead by the time I got done. I don't, I don't remember much about it after that point. But, but anyhow, so I, uh, I have been there and done that. Luke chapter 2, and it is a lengthy reading, but this is, this is the Sunday before Christmas, and I just think it'll be good for us to read this entire story once again. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 1, it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary is his spoused wife being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away, from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I'm going to try this morning. My voice will hold out and the Lord will help me. I just, I just want to talk to you for a little while um, and, and please understand I'm not being critical of others, but I, uh, I'm finding more and more 
that uh, folks are wondering about why we celebrate Christmas uh, when there are so many who want us to believe that it's not something an apostolic should do. So I'm just going to talk to you from the scripture this morning. You know, the thing that I have tried to make as an earmark of my ministry is that whatever we do, I want scripture for it. I want scripture for it. And uh, so we're going to talk about the celebration of Christmas, but we're going to talk about it from a scriptural perspective today. Amen? Amen. Why don't you put your Bibles down and ask the Lord to help us today. Would you do that, everybody? Let's talk to the Lord together. Jesus' name. Could we just give him praise right now, everybody? Let's give the Lord praise. Let's give the Lord praise. I worship you, Master. I worship you, Master. I worship you, Master. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated today. Amen. We are living in a world that has become more and more, it seems, anti-Christmas. And uh, it seems that there has been uh, an all-out attack for a number of years to try to get folks to stop this celebration because so many people claim they're offended by it. Uh, it's, it's amazing to me, Brother Hilton, that all these people claim they're offended by Christmas, but nobody ever says they're offended by Ramadan. Nobody ever says they're offended by Hanukkah. Nobody ever says they're offended by, by uh, whatever other uh, religious holidays outside of Christianity that someone might observe. But, but it seems that there's just an all-out attack against Christmas altogether. In fact, it, we, we've reached a point in political correctness when people are hesitant to even say Merry Christmas anymore. It's just Happy Holidays because we don't want to offend anybody. I've read about schools that, that uh, quit uh, performing uh, a Christmas carol as their uh, program because at the very end, Tiny Tim says, God bless us, everyone. And they don't want God brought into the picture in any way. Uh, I, I read about a church that, that, that uh, used to do the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas as their play, and, and they decided not to do that. They said it was too religious. Um, there, there are cities and counties and state governments that that are being ordered to remove any, uh, any kind of connection to a nativity scene. And, and they're told they can't put up a Christmas tree, only a holiday tree. And, and on and on and on it goes. Amen. But I, I'm going to tell you, church, I, I, you know whether or not the world celebrates it, I don't care. But I do believe that we have a right as children of God to celebrate the birth of Christ. I believe we have not only a right, I believe we have a reason. And I believe it ought to be our heart's desire to celebrate this event. Now, I want to say this before I even get started because I know how messages that are put on the internet can circulate. 
and uh, folks can find things and, and uh, misunderstand. I, I want to say from the very beginning that if a person has a genuine conviction against celebrating, I am not going to try to talk them out of their conviction. I'm not going to try to convince them to go against their conscience. Conscience, but uh, that's between them and God. I, I just, I do hope, of course, that they'll return that favor. Because what I've found is most of the time they won't. Most of the time they want to convince me why I'm wrong for doing it. Um, and uh, I think that we ought to take Paul's admonition. Here's what Paul said in Romans chapter 14, verse 5. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Like every, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Now, I've, I've, I've actually had people say it doesn't apply to the celebration of Christmas. Well, I, I don't see where Paul said that there are exceptions to this admonition. He said there are those who will choose a day that they esteem above another, and there are others who say, no, we should just uh, honor every day the same. And, and Paul said, look, just let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Let him know what he believes, why he believes it, and then just stand with it. And I think that's the approach we ought to take. If, if there are those that want to preach against it, those that want to oppose it, that's their business. I'm going to leave them alone. And I hope they'll return the favor. Well, praise God. I will tell you this, that I have, honestly, uh, I have done research. I've, I've had men that I do respect and highly regard that have tried to convince me uh, of the, uh, the inappropriateness of apostolics celebrating Christmas. And I have done a good deal of research. In fact, a few years ago, I asked a friend of mine, I said, I, you know, I've read so many books on this subject. Uh, I, I want to know, in your opinion, you've been against this all your life. I want to know what's the best book out there on the subject that, that would help me to understand why you feel the way you do. And so he told me the name of the book. I bought a copy of it. Uh, I, I, I looked at it. It was an amazing book. The man went through a number of things that Christianity has adopted that they've brought in either from paganism or from Catholicism. Um, and uh, he, his book was well documented and, and page after page of footnotes uh, citing his sources until he got to the celebration of Christmas. And then... He made a number of claims that he was not able to document anywhere. And uh, he, I think, cited two sources, one of which the author was proven some years later to be a fraud, and the other of which I couldn't find any reference to anywhere in history. And so, so his sources on this topic seem very sketchy at best. Uh, and it was, a, it was a notable difference in that chapter because the other chapters, honestly, sometimes the footnotes uh, took up more of the page than his own writings. He had things so well documented until he got to this subject. And then it was just basically what he believed. And he, he said things that he was not able to prove. And I thought, if this is the best out there, they're really on some very thin ice. Amen. Amen. I, I, you know, one of the things that they have said to me is, well, the Bible does not command us to celebrate his birth. And I agree with you. The Bible doesn't command us to celebrate his birth. But, but the Bible doesn't command us not to. You know, if, if we're strictly going to quit doing things that the Bible doesn't specifically say we should do, then please tell me, how can we have two services on Sunday? How can we have a midweek service? How can we have a Friday night youth service? How can we have Sunday school? How can we run a bus route? None of that's commanded in the scripture. 
But there are biblical principles about coming together. There are biblical principles about training young people. There are biblical principles about reaching the lost. And we do these things based upon principle, not direct command. Do you understand? And so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you some Bible principles. Now, some of the things I, I, I want to say, I, I know that much of their argument is the pagan origin they say, of the Christmas uh, celebration. They, um, they point to December 25th and say this was a time that the pagans uh, had their celebration of the winter solstice. And uh, the fact of the matter is they didn't do that on December 25th. Uh, it was more around the 20th or so that they would do it but not on the 25th per se. So it kind of gets rid of that little bit of an argument, but even if they want to point to the whole celebration of, of the winter solstice and then say, you know, because of that, uh, we, we shouldn't be celebrating anything around that time. Well, there, there's a real problem here. And that is, if we're not allowed to celebrate anything around the winter solstice, somebody better tell Jesus that. John chapter 10, verses 22 and 23. Now, let me tell you, anybody ever, ever heard of Hanukkah? You heard of Hanukkah? It's called the Festival of Lights. It's a celebration that the Jews have had. It was not among the feasts of the Old Testament. All right? It was, a, it was a celebration that the Jews started many years after, after the uh, uh, closing of the Old Testament. And, and it was held, as you know, right around this same time of the year. Well, let me show you how Jesus felt about Hanukkah. John chapter 10, verses 22 and 23. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. The feast of the dedication. Jesus went to church during the Feast of the Dedication. Not one of the feast days commanded in the Old Testament, but one that was celebrated by the Jews at wintertime. Hallelujah. Seems to me that Jesus didn't have a problem with people having a celebration at this time of year. Hallelujah. So that kind of gets rid of that argument, doesn't it? Um, now, I know another thing they say is that we're lying to people by telling them that these, this is Jesus' birthday. Well, first of all, I've never told anybody that. I have never gotten up and said that Jesus was born on December 25th. In fact, I think I make it pretty clear when I talk about it that the chances are very slim that he was born on December 25th. Most likely he was not. I've been in Israel in the wintertime. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't see any shepherds out on the hillsides. I don't think he was born on December 25th. And I don't tell people that. Here's what I do say. If I adopted a child and did not know that child's birthday, I can promise you I would pick a day and celebrate and I wouldn't lie to the child and say, this is your birthday. I would say, this is the day we've chosen to celebrate your birth. Well, hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something. If we're going to celebrate anybody's birthday and not celebrate our Lord's, I see that. And I, I said I wasn't going to attack anybody, so I'm going to try not to. But uh, let me put it nicely. I see that as extremely inconsistent. If you're not going to celebrate his birth, then stop celebrating yours. Because yours is not nearly as important as his. Don't celebrate your children's birth. Don't celebrate your spouse's birth. 
tell your church to stop celebrating your birth as their pastor. Because there's no birth that is nearly as important as his. Salvation could never have been accomplished had Jesus not taken on human flesh. Bethlehem and what transpired there was the single most important event in all of history, even exceeding Calvary. Because Calvary was not even possible without Bethlehem. Jesus had to be born of a virgin before he could become our kinsman redeemer. He had to have human flesh and blood to become our sacrifice and to offer the remission of sins. There is no event more important than his birth. And this is what I say. If we're going to pick a day to celebrate it, now, if you don't want to celebrate it December 25th, that's your business. But I'm just telling you, I think you're highly inconsistent if you celebrate any other day and not his birth. You can't use the argument we're not commanded to celebrate his birth because we're sure not commanded to celebrate yours. And furthermore, there are just as many, if not more, pagan origins to the celebration of our birthdays. That's true. Party favors. I, I'm trace it. Look at it. Google it. I'm telling you, Sister Google is a is a big help in this day and age. Google it, and look. Noisemakers, candles, cakes, everything we do to celebrate a birthday has a pagan origin. But you're willing. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice. So I won't say compromise. You're willing to accept pagan customs to celebrate your birth. But not to celebrate his. Please tell me how that's consistent in any way. Now look, if we are going to pick a day to celebrate, here's my thought. Why not? And I know I haven't gotten to the scripture except Romans 14 and John 10. I have used a few. We're going to get to the, to the biblical reasons in just a moment. I'm just trying to appeal to your logic here as we lay a foundation this morning. But if we're going to pick a day and celebrate his birth, why not just incorporate the same day that the majority of the world is at least giving him a token nod? Look, the world looks at us as strange enough already. Right? They look at the way we dress, the way we act, the things we do, the things we refuse to do, and already think we're strange enough. But when in their minds, December 25th is the day of the Lord's birth, and we say, no, 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 I'm not going to celebrate that day. I'm just telling you, at that point, we don't just become peculiar. In their minds, uh, well, I'm being nice, so I'm going to be careful what I say. Hallelujah. I just, uh, in fact, in fact I've, I've actually known of people. Part of their whole deal is they, they claim that, that Christmas is, is, is Christ Mass. I know that's where the name came from. And, and so it's therefore a Catholic celebration. And we're not Catholics. And so we shouldn't be celebrating Christ Mass. We, we won't celebrate this Catholic uh, holiday. And yet, I watch them buy their wives flowers and candy on St. Valentine's Day. Which is the celebration of the birth of a Catholic priest. I'm telling you the truth. 
If you're not going to celebrate Christmas because it's Christ mass and therefore Catholic, then stop giving your wife anything on Valentine's Day. I just want to be consistent. I want to be consistent. Well, hallelujah. Now look, let's, let's look at some things. First of all, as I said, Jesus did honor a celebration that took place during this same winter period. That wasn't his birth. I'm not claiming it was. I'm just telling you he had no problem with us having a day of celebration during this time. Regardless of what the pagans do, I'm not celebrating their gods. And I'm here to tell you, I, I'm not doing anything in my celebration of this day that in any way honors pagan gods. All right? Now, look, I know they say, well, the pagans lit candles. Well, yes, they did. And I'm going to tell you, shining lights in celebration of the Lord's birth is biblical. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, read for me. There were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord And the shone. glory of the Lord did what? Shone. It shone round about, round about them. They were sore afraid. Now what shines? Light shines, right? So you know what happened? The angel came. And then a heavenly host came and there were all kinds of lights. For one reason, the Savior's born. Well, hallelujah. And the angels weren't the only ones shining lights. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? Uh-huh. For we have seen, For we have seen his, star, his star. What is a star? It's a light. What kind of light? Where does the light come from in that star? It's a ball of flame, right? Right? I'm going to tell you, when the Savior was born, God lit a candle. Well, hallelujah. There was a star. And, and the wise men said this is his star. You know, I, I read, I always read people trying to explain this away as some natural phenomenon or, you know, some lining of the, uh, of the planets or whatever. I, I don't believe any of that. I believe God put a unique, special star in the sky to acknowledge the birth of the Savior. If God, if God can light a candle to celebrate the birth of Christ, then I think we can too. Well, the pagans sang songs in their celebration. Yes. And so did the angels. Luke 2, verses 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. There was a heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I'm going to tell you what's going on here. Amen. The angels are singing Christmas songs. They're singing songs about the birth of our Lord. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And the angels started singing. Well, hallelujah. This is why I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to tie to anything the pagans did, but everything that I do, there's a biblical basis behind it. So the next thing they say, well, the pagans, during their winter solstice, they gave gifts to one another. And that's where we get all this. Oh, really? 
Let's see what Matthew chapter 2 verse 11 says. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. <clears throat> so the giving of gifts to celebrate his birth. And I, I understand and I, I teach it regularly that this, you, you'll notice they came into the house where the young child was. The, the, the wise men did not go to the manger in Bethlehem. They, they did not. This, this word, uh, these, these two words, young child, in the Greek, uh, the, the word literally means the toddler. It's usually applied to a child that's about two years old or so. And from all we can tell, Jesus was about two years old. By the time the wise men finally got to him, they saw his star when he was born. They followed it. By the time they got to him, uh, Herod decided when the wise men didn't come back to kill all the children that were two and under based upon the time when the wise men saw his star. And that's what the Bible says. Herod chose to destroy the children based upon when the star appeared. And he said two years and under. So obviously by the time the wise men got there, this is not an infant lying in a manger. I know that destroys all your nativity sets. And we got plenty of them too. I, I know, but, but we're just talking about what the scripture actually teaches here. Scripture does not teach the wise men showed up at the manger. But they did show up. And they, when they saw that star, they knew that it meant a Savior had been born. And they brought gifts. So the giving of gifts at the celebration of his birth is not because of pagan origins. But we have a biblical precedent for doing it. Hallelujah. And I know people will say, well, yes, but they gave them to Jesus. I understand that. But I do know Jesus also said, when you've done it under one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. So there's nothing wrong with us honoring one another during that time. Well, praise God. I'm just trying to be practical today, church. I, 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 just, I, I just want to, I, I want you, because I know, especially with social media, you see all these people getting on there. Why are apostolics celebrating Christmas? Why are apostolics, what are you doing? I want to tell you why. I believe we've got good reason to do it. And I don't feel in the least bit pagan by what I'm doing. Nor do I feel Catholic. Hallelujah. Now, look, the wise men, however, were not the first gifts, the first to give, I should say, not the first to give gifts that are connected to his birth because he himself was a gift. John 3.16 God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he what? Gave his that, wait, that he what? That he gave. That he what? Gave. That he gave. He gave a gift. And it was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Well, hallelujah. God was the first one to give a gift in connection with the birth of the Savior. So don't try to tell me I'm doing something that's pagan. Unless you want to accuse God himself of being pagan. All right, so what about the Christmas tree? What about the Christmas tree? I'm telling you, I'll never forget several years ago, we have, you know, every year we do Christmas at the parsonage and those of you who came saw, we've got, of course, I tell people, we don't have a Christmas tree. We don't have a Christmas tree. Um, because A signifies one. Uh, after my youngest daughter moved out, I think we may have gotten rid of one or so. I don't know. We used to have, I don't know how many, but 
we still have how many? Four. So I don't have a Christmas tree. I have four. Uh, but but uh, one of uh, many, many years ago, um, we, we had our Christmas at the parsonage, and, and somebody walked in, was fairly new to the church. Uh, they walked in and saw our Christmas tree, and evidently it bothered them really bad. They went back out to their car. They had a Bible in their car. They came walking. I'll never forget this. They, 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 they came up to me as I was there in my living room, and they were holding their Bible open to Jeremiah chapter 10, and they said, Pastor, have you ever read this scripture? Um, yes, I have read that scripture and many others. Um, let's look at Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. All right, so here we are again. We're talking about the heathen. Don't learn the way of the heathen. All right, so what do the heathen do? Read. For the heathen are dismayed at them. Uh-huh. For the customs of the people the customs are vain. of the people are vain. For one cut because one tree, cuts a tree out of the forest. forest. The work of the, work the, of the hands of the, of the workmen with, the, with axe. the axe. He goes out into the forest and cuts down a tree with his axe. They deck it with they silver. They deck it and with, with silver and gold. They fasten it, they with, fasten nails it with, with nails and with hammers that it move not. so that it move not. And here people say, that's a Christmas tree. Um, I beg to differ with you. Because we shouldn't stop reading with verse 4. We have to get the context of this passage. What does the very next verse say? Verse 5. They're upright. They're upright. Now he's still talking about the tree that's been fastened with nails and hammers. Decked palm. with gold and silver, they are upright as the palm tree. As the palm tree, but speak but not. they speak not. They Read. Must, they must needs. Be they born must needs be born because they cannot. Because go. they cannot go. Be not afraid. Do not be afraid of them. They cannot. They do can't evil. do evil. Neither also. Is Neither it is it in them to do good. For as much. As there is none, there like, is unto none thee, like unto thee, Lord, O thou, Lord. Thou art, thou art great. Thy name, thy is, great name is great in might. Who would not fear, thee, would not o fear thee, O King of nations? For to thee, for doth, to it thee doth it appertain. For as much as among all the wise men of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there is none like unto thee. Yeah, yeah. So, so are you understanding what Jeremiah is dealing with here? He's not dealing with a Christmas tree. He's dealing with an idol. That they cut these trees down and they shape them into idols. Put gold and silver. He said, don't be afraid of them. That, you know, I don't know why they skip over that part of that verse. Because some of them are sure afraid of those Christmas trees. But, but um, don't be afraid of them. There's none like God. That's his whole idea. Let, let's, let's read on. Skip down to verse 10. Read verses 10 to 12. But the Lord is the true God. He the is Lord God. is the true God. He is He's the living God. God. An everlasting He's king. an everlasting king. At his wrath, the earth shall tremble. Uh-huh. And the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. Right. Thus shall ye say unto them, the gods. The gods. That have not, that made, have the not made the heavens and earth. Even they, even shall, they perish shall perish from the earth and from under, and from under these heavens he hath made the, earth, hath by made the earth by his power he hath established, he hath established the world by his, by his wisdom stretched, stretched out the heavens, out the heavens by, his by his listen he's not talking about a Christmas tree he's talking about idolatry and we better not learn the way of the heathen when it comes to worshiping false gods well we don't need to worship false gods. And we're not worshiping a false god to put a tree up in our house. In fact, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to tell you, in the day that you start worshiping the Christmas tree or you think that that tree is greater than the God of heaven, it's time for you to get rid of it. 
Now, I'm telling you, honestly, I've heard them say, well, when you bow down to get a present, you're bowing down to that tree. Well, you know what? There's been a few things I've kept under my bed, and I've had to bow down to get it out from under my bed. Am I bowing to my bed? Come on, people, let's be realistic about this. There's a difference between bending down to get something and bowing down to worship it. Again, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really not trying to be ugly, but I'm, I, you know what? I think the reason why I get so fired up is because I'm trying to defend you as a flock from the onslaught of what you have to see and read during this season of all the people who want to convince you you're being a pagan by doing what you do. And I want you to know that's not the case. As I said, this, this book that this man told me was the very best you could find on the subject. He went through talking about how the tree uh, goes back to Tammuz and, and, and it was a, a part of the worship of, uh, of Nimrod and, and uh, all of these. And he had all this stuff and I've read it and read it and read it. But I'm going to tell you, and I think you know as a church that, that I, I'm not opposed to doing research. And I've done an extensive amount of research, Brother Hilton, and I have never, ever one time found any historical record proving a connection between a Christmas tree and Nimrod. I've seen a lot of people write about it. I've seen a lot of people make that claim, but I've never found proof. Never. So before you start telling me that's where it came from, prove it to me. Prove it to me. I'm going to tell you, in, in all of my research, what I have found is that the Christmas tree actually was started as a Christian symbol. It did not come from the pagans. It was not an adaptation of pagan worship. But rather, uh, it, it was started uh, in the, uh, I think, the 1600s um, that, that those who started doing it specifically chose an evergreen tree to represent eternal life. They did put candles around it because Jesus is the light of the world. They put a star on top because of the star that led the wise men. Everything about it had a Christian symbolism to it when it started. Now, if you've got a problem with tying Christianity to evergreens, then you probably don't want to read the book of Psalms. Because you're going to get offended at how many times that analogy is made. The righteous shall be like a tree that are planted by the rivers of water. The righteous are going to flourish. On and on. I'm telling you, Solomon, when Solomon built the temple, he put all kinds of trees in and around that temple. The use of trees. This is, this is not... <laughs> This is not some kind of paganism that's been brought into Christianity. Well, I believe we have every reason to celebrate this day. Oh, praise God. Amen. I believe. I be now, I'm not telling you you have to do it, but I'm, I've gotten so strong about this that, that Young people that are single will tell you. They, they start looking at somebody the opposite gender and I find out they're going to a church that doesn't celebrate. I'll have a long talk with them. I, I feel that strongly about it. But part of the reason I feel that strongly about it is because I want you to understand with that, with that difference, you bring two families together, you're going to have a lot of issues going forward. Because you're either going to have to make your spouse violate what they've always been taught 
Or if you choose to give it up, then when children come along, how are you going to explain that all their cousins that are apostolic can have it, but they can't? Hello? That may be something you're willing to do. But I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be a struggle. And it's something you better stop and think about. Saints, look, to me, to me, we as one God apostolics ought to be some of the biggest celebrants of his birth on the face of the earth. Because we're not teaching that one person in the Godhead sent another person in the Godhead to come and die for us. But we're teaching that the only God that ever was, that is, that ever will be took upon himself human flesh and came to this earth to suffer and to die for us. Now that's something to celebrate. That's something to get excited about. That's something that we ought to thank God for. Well, praise God. Amen. I'm telling you, without this day, there would have been no death. Without his death, there would have been no redemption. And the only reason that we have a hope of the life to come is because of the event that we are celebrating this time of year. And I think we ought to take time to celebrate it. I think we ought to take time to let God know how thankful we are for the sacrifice he made. How thankful we are for the way he went about it. I'm telling you, everything about this story ought to excite us. Not only that God took on human form, but the way he did it. He could have been born in a palace. He could have been born to a king. He could have come among the rich and the powerful. But if he would have, none of us would have had access. None of us would have felt like he could relate. But I'm thankful we have not an high priest who cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. I'm telling you, those of us that have ever struggled financially, he knows what it's all about. He walked this earth and didn't even have a place to lay his head. He knows what it's like. I would dare say most of us today were born in fairly decent conditions, in a hospital probably, and something clean, not in a barn that hadn't even been cleaned out, where nothing's sterile, and you're there among the animals, but that's the way he came. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to you today. I believe we've got a reason to celebrate this season. I believe we've got a reason that we ought to get together with family and friends. Amen. Let them know how much we love them because that's what he did when he came to this earth. Oh, praise God. Amen. Amen. And, and the angels even told us that this was the reason why he came. Matthew 1, and I'm, I'm closing here. Sister Regan, if you want to come. Amen. This is my... Christmas present to you. You get out early today. Praise God. Amen. Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 20 and verse 21. Read. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Uh-huh. Saying, Joseph, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. be afraid to take Mary your wife. But that which is conceived in her that is which of the is Holy conceived Ghost. in her is of the Holy Ghost. She shall bring forth the bring son. Forth a son. Thou shalt call his You'll name. Call his name Jesus. Jesus. Why? For he shall save his people from their sins. That's why he came. That's why he came. That's why he came. In fact, some some uh, a few years back, I taught. We often say Jesus is the reason for the season, and 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 to one degree, that's right. But there's another side to that coin. The reason Jesus created such a season was us. We are the reason that He came to this world. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. You want to know why there is a celebration of his birth? It's because we were lost, but he wanted to save us. Hallelujah. He came to save us. He didn't have to do it. 
We didn't deserve it. We weren't worthy of it. Still are not worthy of it. But the greatest gift that has ever been given was given at this time that we celebrate when he came to this earth to give his life for us. Oh, let's stand and lift our hands and thank him together right now. Can we do that? Let's praise him together, everybody. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise God, praise God, praise God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Get, get Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 for me, if you would. We're going we're gonna to close here this morning with a time of prayer. I will tell you, I said a while ago, we can honor one another because when you do it, I'm one of the least of these. You've done it unto me. But, but the fact of the matter is this. It really is, we say, a celebration of his birth. And if we're celebrating his birth, we don't want to forget to give him something. But you know what he wants? You know what he wants? All he wants is you. Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you therefore, I beseech you therefore brethren, brethren, by the mercies, by the of, God, mercies of God, that, you present, your that bodies, you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice holy, holy, acceptable, acceptable unto God. Unto God. Your reasonable this service. is your reasonable service. I'm going to tell you, this is what God wants. The present that he wants is for you to present yourself to him and say, Lord, I'm yours. As we are coming to a close of this year 2018, I think it'd be good if we would conclude this service this morning by taking a few moments to give the Lord a Christmas present. Let him know, Lord, 2019 is your year. I'm giving you me. I'm giving you all I am, all I have. I'm giving it all to you in this coming year. Can we come and find a place to